Right, what's up guys? Welcome to episode 5 of the Obsidian K9 Academy podcast. Um, we had a break last week because over the weekend I was at Kendall Calling Festival working as a dog handler. Um, most of you know this already, but I do a bit of dog handling on the side, mainly for a bit of fun, not for anything more serious than that, but hey, it's good fun. So, let us start with Obsidian Canine Academy news. We need to find the 24th of July. That's the 25th of July, 25th of July, 25th of July. Shit, I posted loads this day. Right, here we are, 24th of July. Picture of Flack. And this post was about uh, dogs teaching you a lot about training and about where you're going and what you're doing and all that jazz. So I've had a Flack uh, nearly a year now, it'll be a year next month. And fuck, this dog has taught me so much about training, about handling, about how to get around problems, about dealing with different issues. Um, he's a very, very different dog to Khaleesi. He's a much harder dog. He's a much harder-headed dog. It's been great fun. It's been really, really good fun teaching this dog. Um, ironing out all problems, ironing out other things that were really good but don't suit me. Um, reteaching grips, reteaching targeting. Like We've done so much in this year and it's been incredible. But your dog is your best teacher, guys. Like there's Honestly, there's no better teacher. There's no trainer that can teach you things like your dog. If you understand to learn from your dog and you understand how to read your dog, you're gonna be away. Like, it's just so, so much fun when you appreciate what they can teach you and how you can learn from them and just understanding their psychology and why they're out in their head. And honestly, guys, if you do one thing this month, this six months, this year, whatever, um, learn to read your dog better because it's just invaluable. Next. Um, Oh, it's just an advert for Free Month in the Academy. So people listen to this who don't know. If you go to my website, link is in the description of this. If you're listening to it on Anchor, um, I don't know if it's in all our descriptions, but if you go to my website, sittingk9.com, or click the link in the description of this video, um, you will be able to get a free month in the Academy. That's the be-all and end-all of that. Completely free. Leave after 29 days if you want. I don't care. You might as well come and abuse the academy, get the videos, learn what you can learn in that time. People who still say they don't want to do it, I'm like, why? You obviously don't want to learn. Fuck. You can lead a horse to water and all that jazz. <clears throat> okay. The first two of the four behaviour markers. So I've released a, a series on YouTube. Again, link is in the bio if you're watching it on Anchor. Listening on Anchor, sorry. Not watching anything, yeah, that's the whole idea of a podcast. Um... I've released a series on YouTube called Trainer Tips. Basically, I'm just gonna release educational videos about dog training. Probably every week or so, maybe a couple of times a week, maybe every other week. Nothing set in stone, you know, like the podcast's meant to be weekly, but this isn't gonna be. This is just gonna be, when I feel like something to talk about, I'm gonna whack it up. Um, so Trainer Tips episode one was um, about reward markers and no reward markers. You need to fully understand these things. So reward markers, the communication between you and your dog for behaviours that you want them to perform more often. As soon as you've got these down, as soon as you understand them, you can communicate much clearer with your dog about what you actually fucking want. Because it's great having this fluffy idea about, oh, me and my dog are at one. Cool, you, you can be at one if your dog understands as well. Um, but you're definitely at two if only one half of the conversation is going into a brain. 
Um, so all my obedience is taught with reward markers. Many of you will know a reward marker is a clicker, but you can use anything. You could use an air horn, you could use your voice, you could use a bang. It really, really doesn't matter. It's just something that the dog associates with a reward following. Hence, reward marker. A marker for rewards. No reward markers are the communication between you and your dog that they made a mistake and got it wrong. With no reward markers, don't ever, ever, ever fucking punish your dog. It's nothing to do with punishment. It's just, hey, Chachi, you got that wrong. Try again. Um, so it is punishment, but it's negative punishment. Um, we'll go into the quadrants another day, but... To be fair, we've probably gone into the quadrants in a previous episode. But yeah, you need them, guys. You need them. There's four reward. There's four behavior markers. So there's a no reward marker and a reward marker. There's a punishment marker and a continuation marker. And I'm going to talk about the other two of them four uh, in the next trainer tips video, probably, or maybe in the one after, or maybe in the one after. So go subscribe to the YouTube channel. That'd be great. Thanks. <laughs> that sounded incredibly robotic. Um. I forget that you can't see my facial expressions on these, so you're just like, the fuck. Uh, 25th of July. Tomorrow we'll head off back on the road. So this was just a bit of an announcement to say I won't be here for a few days. I'm busy. Alacy, lie down. My dog's getting up and poddling around, being annoying. Right, let's look at this post. This was so important to me, and I'm glad that it went pretty viral. Um, it reached 70,000 people, which is, is great. So in hot cars, that whole issue around this, I get it, I get that people flap and I get that there's a load of fucking idiots in this world that leave their dog in a hot car and it'll die, I get it. However, that said, you can't always be tempted to play the hero and get them out. I went to the services on the way to Kendall Corbin Festival um, for a coffee. So my van's got transcool in it, um, it's vented, the dogs are fine, the aircon's running. And I came out with a, well, I actually got a mint chop chip co Costa, for those that had one, fucking great. I came out with that, um, and there's an old couple trying my door handles. I think your dogs are too hot, they're barking. I'm like, no, no, they're barking because you're trying to get into their van and they want to kill you. Like, there's two protection dogs in there. My van's sign written. It's got dog stickers on it. I'm clearly going to have to put more on it. Most dog-specific vehicles have got systems in places in place to keep their dogs cool. Um, you know, they're metallic insulated, they've got trans-cool systems in them, their air conditioning's on, <sighs> loads of things. They've also probably got a number on them saying, do not enter this vehicle, in case of an emergency, call this number. So by all means, if you're worried about dogs in a van and there's a number on it, call it. The dog handler will come out and he'll be like, yep, everything's fine, there's the dogs, there's no problem. If there's not a number on it and you're still fucking adamant that them dogs are too hot, call the police. Because if you open my van and you open the cage, my Rottweiler will eat you. There's no doubt about that. He will not appreciate you being in that van. And he's not barking because he's too hot. It's barking because you're trying to break into his van. It's the be all and end all. 60 second dog training. So over on Instagram, hashtag link in the bio if you're listening on Anchor. If you're not listening on Anchor, then go and find it, Obsidian Canine Academy on Instagram. I've been posting these recently. I'm going to keep posting them because I think they're fucking really cool. I think they're a fun little topic about dog training. Um, I just spoke a little bit about consistency and how important it is in dog training. If you're not putting the reps in, you're not going to get anywhere. It doesn't matter if it's raining or if you're tired or, you know, insert shitty excuse here. Season five of Dexter's on repeat. You cannot cheat the grind in dog training. The grind will repay you for your work. End of list. 
Stop dick swinging. <laughs> Typical Jay Gray fashion. Subtle as ever there, Jay. Um, basically, it's a post just about how sick I am of trainers, and even public armchair trainers, slashing on new people. You know, like they're putting the videos up and they're asking for critiques, and they're like, oh, you're a piece of shit. That's crap. They're probably the same people that wear tracksuit bottoms to dinner, aren't they? You know, just fucking knobs. This game should be about helping each other. Like, there's, you're not getting validation for trashing someone else's training. You get validation by people validating your work. That's why I'm happy to put up all my mistakes, why I'm happy to put up all the errors. That's why I was happy when I first got flack to put the post up saying he's just chased a whip it down the field and it took me ages to get him back. Because this is real life, it's dog training. This is not TV. It's not how it works. Stop dick swinging, start helping each other. And then the last post that I published yesterday. Oh no, I've posted today as well, not the last post at all. Um, learn to love the journey. Uh, so, people are too busy chasing the destination in this game. You know, like the chasing the end goal, the chasing the last step. And it's like searching for a leprechaun, it just does not exist. The, the end goal's forever changing, the end goal's an imaginary thing that you've put up in your mind. It, it, it just doesn't work. It's why you're dreading the next session because you're always chasing the end goal. And it, it doesn't work like that. And it moves me onto the post that I put up today about measuring backwards. If you measure your training forwards, you're going to get really anxious. Like, oh my God, I'm so far away. There's so much to do. This is a fucking headache. If you measure backwards, you can see how far you've come. Like that's, that's an actual measurable source of progression. Measuring forwards just imaginary. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm this far away. How do you know that you're that far away? You don't know what the journey looks like yet. You haven't been on it. Measure backwards and enjoy the journey. Dog training should be about enjoying the session that you're out doing right now with your dog. It's a bonding experience. You get to spend time with your dog, which is super important, which is super enjoyable. Stop chasing the end goal. As soon as you fall in love with the grind, you'll make a lot more progress because you'll want to go out and work more. Daily Grey, episode eight. Was it eight? I think it's episode eight. Um, it was basically life of a dog handler. So I, I vlogged my job at Kendall Calling, obviously what I could. It was a really, really quiet festival, so it's not the most exciting thing, but it gives a real insight about what being a dog handler is like. It's not fucking Rambo, SA stuff all the time. Sure, we've, we've had some great jobs. Beat Herder the week before last was crazy. You know, like knives confiscated, coshes, axes, hammers, mass amounts of drugs, guy trying to kill himself. Like, it was endless. And then Kendall Cole, and there was nothing all weekend. So I trained my dogs a lot. And we had my dogs breakfasts a lot. So yeah, there's Obsidian News. Let's move on to Q&A. Q&A, three questions this week. So the three questions are... What is free shaping? Can reactivity be fixed? And who is my favorite trainer? Um, one of these, who is my favorite trainer, has been taken from just general chit chat that I've been getting a lot of the moment. You know, just up in conversation. I thought I'd address this in this podcast once and for all. The other two have been sent to me for this podcast specifically. So what is free shaping? Well, free shaping is a method, a method in training. Um, you know, like we have lowering, where you load the dog with food or with a reward of some sort, usually food. Free shaping is letting the dog do things on its own. So it's really good for a place command, as an example. So every time the dog gets on its bed and lays down, you mark it and reward. You don't say anything to the dog. You've not instructed it to do that. But it just reinforces that this area is a good area. And you can free shape absolutely fucking anything within reason. 
there's a lot of things that you can free shape. Um, you can free shape heel work, you can free shape downstairs, you can free shape sit stays, you can free shape tactical heel work, you can free shape outs, like all of it. I don't do tons of this, but I definitely, definitely do use it. Um, operant dogs are better to free shape because they'll try behaviors, they'll try things to, to get the reward. Non-operant dogs will just generally sit and stare at you, like what they want. But then you can free shape that, can't you? You can free shape the eye contact, you can free shape the sit stay with the eye contact. So do incorporate it into your training. It's literally the dog giving you a behavior and you're rewarding for it. And it wasn't a behavior that you asked for. It's just a behavior that you like. So house manners are great for that. If your dog stays out of the kitchen while you're making a drink and you want that to be a thing, then mark it and reward it. The only problem with free shaping is that you've got to be very vigilant on when you reward, you've got to be vigilant on watching the dog's behaviors so you don't miss them. Because if you reward three times and then the dog performs the behavior, 20 more times and you don't reward for it the dog's like ah, this is not the thing when it was the thing you just weren't seeing it um so be careful with it but it's a it's a great topic it's a great tool to use can reactivity be fixed um so this actually came from a client that i had in today it was a it was a question that i said i would answer for on this podcast and I, i've already showed her the answer but i think it, it's good to answer it here as well Reactivity can always be fixed, in my experience. Obviously, there's probably that one in a million dog that can't. You probably don't own it, though. So don't jump to the conclusion of, oh, oh, that's my dog. He's talking about my dog, though. Because the chances are that I'm not talking about your dog at all. Um, reactivity can be fixed. If you're dealing with a reactive dog day in, day out, and you've got a massive headache every time that you go out, and it's kicking off at everything and everyone and dogs and trying to eat people and trying to eat dogs and all this bullshit... Take it to a good trainer. I'm not saying bring it here because you might be in, I don't know, Iran or Germany or America. And I obviously am not. Um, take it to a good reputable trainer that's got history of fixing reactivity. If you take it to a trainer and they can't fix it, it's probably because the trainer's bullshit. It's not because it can't be fixed. So take it to a good trainer. It can always be fixed. It's just a case of counter conditioning to the response. Counter conditioning the response to the stimulus. So at the moment, the dog's response to the stimulus is to kick off. The stimulus being the other dog or the other person or the bike or whatever it is. I've never had a dog here, touch wood, that I can't fix the reactivity issues. And they're usually fairly straightforward. Um, Behavior Adjustment Training by Grisha Stewart is an incredible book. Bat. Bat 2.0 is the latest one. Um, I don't know how they differ. We'll see. Um... Yeah, get it fixed, guys. It's not worth living with. It's a fucking headache. Like, I get it. I've seen how, how difficult people, people have it. Like, they really struggle. They're, they're in tears when they go out for a walk with their dog. And it should not be like that at all. So, yes, absolutely, it can be fixed. There's no doubt about it. Go see a good trainer and you'll be away. Right. The big question. Who's my favorite trainer? I think this is a really, really subjective question, even for me. You know, I know it's my subjective opinion, but even for me, it depends what we're talking about. Um, obedience trainer, Nino Drova. Uh, around trainer, I think Ivan Bolobinov is outstanding. Behavior adjustment trainer, I think Larry Crone is outstanding. Um, oh, there's just so many in there. Tracking trainer, Lars Lentz, out of this world. There's... Michael Ellis, an amazing trainer, Mondial Ring World Champion, brilliant behaviour adjustment trainer, probably the best in the world. Probably Michael Ellis. I'm probably going to go for Michael Ellis. Um, 
but it's ever changing. I think you've got to you've got to enjoy all all the good trainers. You know, enjoy X person and enjoy Y person and enjoy Z person and take take out what you want to take from it and and change the colours a little bit. You know, have your own colour for training. So yeah, Michael Ellis. If I if I was absolutely pushed to pick one, and then obviously Yuri that I trained under in America, he was absolutely out of this world and and still is to this day, eight times world champion. Um, yeah, there's there's loads of amazing trainers out there, guys. I couldn't I couldn't be pushed to pick one, because it depends what I'm training and what I want from the dog. Um, the guy who's the decoy, Scott Bullvision, absolutely incredible decoy, the grip king. Like he, there's nobody that teaches grips better than that guy, in my opinion. There's loads. It's endless. Last question. Oh, that was the last question. Beautiful. Right now, there's just a quick trainer topic that I want to talk about. I put a video on the academy about it. Um, it's on Daily Gray's, t today's Daily Gray, um, it, just a quick one, the lesson from the cows. <laughs> I went to the training field today and there's loads of fucking cows in the field next to my field. Um, and I was like, cool, this is a great training opportunity. They came rambling over as soon as they saw us get out of the van. Um, basically, the lesson from the cows was that you, you can use your external world for your training. You know, you can... You can use what's around you to help your training. So I was going to use the cows as impulse control. I was going to use them as an emergency recall. Um, and we did these things. Um, ignorance to the outside world. So doing heel work around the cows. It went very well. So use the outside world, guys. Use it to your advantage. Instead of trying to avoid things. Because many people would have turned up at that field, saw all the cows at the fence line. There's probably 50 of them. And gone, nope, I'll come back tomorrow when they're not there. You're better off using it. So something that makes you a bit uneasy. Obviously, I didn't particularly want there to be loads of cows, but it's just the way it was. It's just how this game works. So that was episode five of the Obsidian Canine Academy podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Follow us on Instagram, Obsidian Canine Academy. Follow us on Facebook, Obsidian Canine Academy. So the, the links are instagram.com forward slash Obsidian Canine Academy. Facebook.com forward slash Obsidian Canine Academy. Uh, where else are we? YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash Obsidian Canine Academy. Basically, if there's a social media platform that you want to follow us on, put the social media platform in and put forward slash Obsidian Canine Academy and you'll probably find me. If you can't find it with that hyperlink, I'm probably not there. So, I'm going to get off, get this edited, get it uploaded. I'm recording this about an hour after you could listen to it. I don't know when you're listening to it. Um, if you've got any questions, email me, gray at obsidiank9.com or message me on Facebook, message me on Instagram, wherever you want. Drop me a text. All of the above is fine. I'll see you soon, guys.